0: Good morning. Glad you're here. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. We're coming to you live this morning through Google Meets. I'm looking on the screen. I see some familiar names James Pierce and uh, Tom Gary. Glad you're here. Marty, Mark, Lee. Guys, uh, thank you for tuning in this morning. We're coming to you live, physically distancing again as we have for the last 22 weeks. Uh, during this quarantine and isolation, as we continue the series in the wilderness. This week, uh, Jeff Cook is gonna be bringing the message to us. Phil and a group of guys are in Northwest Arkansas in the wilderness, uh, retreating, uh, enjoying some time alone, uh, at Bull Shoals, I believe it is. Uh, They'll be doing a little fishing and uh, reading and sharing with each other. Uh, Phil does this trip once a year and uh, it's a it's a great opportunity if you've not been to deer camp uh, that's your ticket to get into the annual retreat that he does uh, usually somewhere uh, in the Rockies or in the desert west but uh, he's doing it this year in Arkansas because of the quarantine and and travel restrictions. Guys I'm just uh, I'm glad you're here and let me kick us off with with a prayer. Heavenly Father thank you so much for this day thank you for the opportunity to gather even though it's through this uh, media source that we have, and not uh, in person, Lord, uh, we just thank you for the for the technology that you have provided and the opportunity for us as a group of men to to gather and to study your Word, Lord. I ask that you be over Jeff this morning, bless him, Lord, and anoint him. Uh, may he be with us this morning that I know will be enlightening and something that'll touch our hearts. In your name, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, this morning, uh, like Joe said, uh, Phil and the guys are up in Arkansas, and we're going to continue a little bit, but more than continue, I'm going to try to take a step back and ask some questions about who is Moses, what is the wilderness, how can we identify with Moses, how can we identify with the Israelites, uh, and then and then ask some questions uh, that you know we can talk a little bit about. I'll ask you at some points to unmute. Uh, Your line it'll be a little different. We haven't done that before, but if you want to like when Phil writes on the white on the whiteboard uh, You'll be able to unmute and say what you think Uh, and then also in the chat if you're able to use Google meet chat uh, If you're able to figure that out, you can type it in rather than say it Uh, so that's available as as well Uh, So with that um, I want to kind of follow the same kind of format Phil does and uh, and let's look at uh, Let's look at the the founding paragraph on this uh this week so let me let me put that on the screen real quick uh and we will we will look at the opening paragraph and read that with me words translated as wilderness occur nearly 300 times in the Bible wilderness seasons are brutal but God is powerful at work in the wilderness seasons of our lives the only question is do we have eyes to see it in order for god to give us a choice whether or not to trust him he must present us with a moment of crisis and he and he seeks and since he wants us to seek help from him he brings us through the wilderness to remove all other help first and this is one line that stood out to me is when we're in the wilderness season it is so easy so easy to lose sight of god's protection his provision and his preparation what he's preparing us for And we might even wonder, just like the Israelites did, as we'll talk about today, how can I trust God's goodness when I'm in this desolate place? Um, But remember Jesus. He went through the ultimate wilderness, the desolation, the humiliation of dying under the curse of God. If that is a measure of God's love and commitment to us, we can trust him in our own wilderness season in this pandemic. And let's journey together. So. With that, you know, I, I think um, I think one of the things we're going to look at is is what do we find in the wilderness? Uh, do we find peace? Moments of peace? Do we find chaos? And and you know, and that question I'll ask this as we go through today is is the wilderness out there, or is it also in here? Right. And so that's a that's uh, an important question to ask um and who is with us as we go through all this who is with us uh when we may not be able to see them so with that uh i've got a song like phil does uh this song is by zach williams and it is uh got dolly parton singing um with him and it is called there was jesus so let's listen to this song and uh, may you hear the voice of God.
2: Every time I try to make it on my every time I try to stand, start to fall. With all those lonely roads that i traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then but I can see it now There is Jesus in the way, in the searching, in the healing, the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been. There was Jesus For well, this man who needs to make the kind of For forgiveness and a price I've been paid I'm not perfect so I thank God every day well, There was Jesus shadows of the air.
1: was Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. Uh, there was Jesus. Uh, that is a great song. It's been added to the playlist. If you guys uh, look for the playlist on menstable.com. But, but let's uh, open up our journals, uh, follow in the same format as Phil does, and let's get to work. I got three questions, uh, just like uh, we normally do. Hold on one second, and I will show you that. Here we go. So the three questions as we start out today. Um, where and how have you found peace lately during this pandemic? Um, during the moments of crisis, uh, during the moments of a little bit of chaos, uh, you know, that we've all felt in moments during this, uh, pandemic, where and how have you found peace? Um, it's a good question to ask. I'll cover a couple of ways I've been able to try to find peace uh, during all this. And some of the things I do, um, the next question is if there is a blessing, if there is a blessing to be found in this wilderness season that we're in right now, what would it be? What is it? Something that we could look forward to, uh, you know, I think one of the things that we find ourselves in the wilderness is we, uh, we get fixated on a specific moment in time. And although we're told to be present to the moment, we're also told to look back in the past at what God has done for us and others and not just ignore that. And then we're also supposed to look forward into the future and say, what is God going to do with this? What is God doing? Because it's sometimes really hard to see or, or think about what is God doing inside of me? Inside of us, inside of us as a nation, and even in our culture. So if there is a blessing to be found in this wilderness season, what would it be? And then finally, the third question always stays the same. Who do you know? Who do you know that's in the wilderness season right now? That would be me. That would be all of us. Um, So... One of the things I want to talk about is today is um, I started thinking about how the Israelites were complaining uh, as as Moses was leading the Israelites through uh, through the desert into the wilderness and through the Red Sea and now into the Promised Land. There was a lot of times where I saw the you know I asked the question like, well, how did they respond to it and how did they move from absolute slavery dependence on the Egyptians and the Pharaoh into freedom. That's not an easy transition uh, from when your life and your culture is totally turned upside down. And uh, and I started looking at the Israelites and seeing, uh, well, that looks like a very uh, basic child that Moses is growing and fathering. But then again, I said, wow, that that's me. That's me. Uh, that's not someone I can just look at and critique and say, wow, they they had a long way to go, and they stumbled along the way and made some really uh, immature decisions. Uh, I can find myself, and I can identify, and that's the point. Uh, I can identify with the Israelites. And in a small way, and sometimes as I've tried to lead uh, my kids and lead other people, I can sometimes identify with Moses. Uh, it's hard because he he is a... He is one of the greats, uh, but in some ways we can all identify with Moses as well. So let's let's look at that um, right now, and I'll I'll bring up the slide uh, right now that we were the first the first one. Hold on one second. It is this one. So this is the first slide we're going to look at today. Um, in the wilderness, um, it's interesting when you look at people throughout the Bible, even now, in what may seem like a chaotic place, um, a desolate place, uh, a place void of life, uh, that God, Yahweh, breathes new life, Um, and he reveals what's in our hearts. Um, So it's, it's an interesting paradigm to realize that the wilderness season is not causing all of this to just magically appear out of nowhere. And like Phil has told us before, and I'm, I believe this and because I've seen it myself, is, is like when you squeeze a toothpaste tube, um, the the wilderness is squeezing us. The pressure of, of what we're going through right now is squeezing us and it has other people as well. Whatever's in us is what comes out. It doesn't magically appear. It's already there. It's like in a coffee cup. If I'm walking next to you and you bump my coffee cup, uh, whatever comes out of that coffee cup was already in there. and same thing with me. Uh, so the wilderness season kind of brings that out. Uh, one story I will tell you real quick. I heard I was lucky enough to hear uh, Jeremiah Castile speak for you guys know him. He was one of the diminutive uh, small uh, defensive backs uh, for uh, for Alabama and uh, he he told some stories about how. They really, and, and you see this, like in football two-a-days of practice, I didn't play football, but I played basketball, and we went through some intense practices, and and when you push people in that setting, sometimes you find out what's in their hearts, and the way he told the story uh, was, uh, you know, you go through, go through all these really difficult practices, and, uh, and in the middle of the night, some guys would just pack up their suitcases and leave because they're like, I'm, I'm not really that passionate about really going this hard at football. And so that's why, you know, they would do that. And they told uh, one story about the lower gym. I remember this. He said <laughs> the coaches would mess with them because they'd be in the lower gym and we in Alabama uh, running. Uh, and uh, you can't really push athlete, athletes like this anymore, I don't think. But uh, they'd have trash cans at both ends of the basketball court. And they'd run, 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 run. And then finally, when it looked like they were taking a break to, to put their hands on their knees or whatever, the coach would come up and say, hey, are you tired? Are you tired yet? And if you said yes, he'd say, well, you need to run some more. <laughs> and if it said no, he said, well, you need to run some more. You know, So there was really no right answer to that. But uh, the pressure and the, and the stress and someone, you know, when you remove everything, in uh, that um, it really reveals what's in their heart. So you know let's look at at uh, a couple of scriptures real quick of, of, of the three incidents where the Israelites did not trust God or, or the leadership of who Moses was telling them how God was doing what God was wanting them to do. Um, and it's interesting it they immediately start complaining about, the provisions um, and as we'll see in these Bible verses uh, at least the Pharaoh provided uh, bread every day meat every day and water every day and that was what they were starting to realize is like that norm that dependence on that, that daily bread or daily provision that um, that they were given was taken away uh, that was disrupted, and all of a sudden they started questioning. Well, God's not providing us like Pharaoh did, and it's it's kind of an interesting thing to think. Well, we've just moved through the Red Sea, and been, we've we're away from all the people that kept us in slavery, that killed our firstborn, and all our baby boys, all the future and hope of our lives. But all we could think about is, did we have enough to eat for that day? And so let's let's look at those uh those couple of moments. Um, so. Moses led Israel from the Red Sea onto the wilderness of Shur. They traveled for three days through the wilderness without finding any water. And they got to Merah, but they couldn't drink the water at Merah because it was bitter. That's why they called the place Merah. And the people complained to Moses. So what are we supposed to drink? And so Moses cried out in prayer to God and God pointed, them to a stick, pointed him to a stick of wood and Moses threw it in the water and the water turned sweet so god provided uh and we'll we'll look at that situation again on the 15th day of the second month after they had left egypt the whole company of israel moved on from Elam to the wilderness of sin which is between elam and sanat mount sinai uh this is the second time this is exodus 16 we're going through exodus 15 16 and 17 which tells three incidents to where This happens. The whole company of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron there in the wilderness. And they said, why did God let, why didn't he let us die in comfort in Egypt where we had lamb stew and all the bread we could eat? And you brought us out here in the wilderness to starve us to death, all of us. So God said to Moses, I'm going to rain down bread from the skies for you. I'm going to provide a miracle in the middle of the desert. The people will go out and gather each day's ration. I'm going to test them to see if they live according to my teaching or not. And on the sixth day, when they prepare what they have gathered, it will turn out to be twice as much as their daily ration. And Moses and Aaron told the people of Israel, This evening you will know that it is God who has brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of God. You will see a miracle. Yes, he's listened to your complaints against him you haven't been complaining against us you know but against god so that was a moment where god was tested these three times of, of of that i'm showing in in exodus i look back at at what was going on as they were moving from slavery to freedom uh they got lost in the moment in this and uh and couldn't see the past that had just happened where god delivered deliver them out of slavery. And all they could see is, man, we did, we're not eating like we used to or drinking clean water like we used to. We're, we're suffering. We're, we're having a little bit of stress here. And here's the third time. This is Exodus 17. Directed by God, the whole company of Israel moved on by stages from the wilderness of sin. They left that place they were at just there and where the, God provided bread. And they set camp at Rephidim. And there wasn't a drop of water again for the people to drink. The people took to Moses to task, give us water to drink. So basically demanding, uh, making demands. And Moses said, why are you pestering me? Why test God? Why demand that God provide immediately when you say who is in control? You're God. Will God provide? Do you trust God is what is what's going on right here. But the people were thirsty. They complained to Moses. Why do you take, again? why did you take us from Egypt and drag us out here with our children and animals, all only to just die of thirst. At least we had provisions, daily provision provided by Pharaoh uh, and the Egyptians there. So Moses again cried out in prayer to God, what can I do with these people? Any minute now, they're going to kill me. And God said to Moses, go on out ahead of these people, take with you some of the elders of Israel. Take the staff you used to strike the Nile and go. I'm going to be present before you there at the Rock of Horeb. You're to strike the rock. Water will gush out of it and the people will drink. Moses did what he said and the elders of Israel standing there right there watching. And he named this place Masa, the testing place, and Meribah, the quarreling place because of the quarreling of the Israelites and because of their testing of God when they said, is God with us here or not? And so to me, you know, that song we just heard is if you, if you catch a reference here to the water and the, and the striking the rock and the water and the life, uh, like Jesus, uh, the song we listened to was there was Jesus. So in in the middle, you know, in the middle of the desert, a long time before Jesus appeared somehow in the mystery of God, Jesus was there too. Even in the wilderness, uh, and the Israelites with Moses and God was, was with them, so it kind of it's kind of a, a theme that I think about is like in the wilderness, Jesus is here. God is here. Um, we don't get to demand to test God. Uh, we we have times where we need to trust God uh, and say, you know, I know God will provide, and not not be consumed with worry, uh, not be in a panic. So. That's what was going on. Let me, let me share this slide again here. Uh, the Israelites did not trust God. Um, and, you know, again, they wanted to go back to where the Pharaoh and the Egyptians were actually killing all the baby boys that were being born. Maybe they told them that, hey, there's not enough food to go around and maybe boys eat more. Who knows what they told them, but they were somehow accepted that. And said, I'd rather go back to that than, than what we're experiencing right now. And it, it just blows my mind. But then again, I said, sometimes that's me. Sometimes I want to go back to what's so predictable, so normal, so routine. Even though it's not good, it's the devil I know. Right? And so the Egyptians were saying the same thing. It's 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 the It's the suffering we know. We're familiar with that. We're not familiar with this suffering. We're not familiar with this trust. We're not familiar with this God because our God has been pharaoh this is a new god who does things differently who doesn't provide things on the clock you know uh this is a different type of trust and suffering so they tested god and it's interesting just like a child will test a father or a parent uh you know you get on the roller coaster i've heard this analogy and i love it because it makes me think about myself and about children uh and and as for being matured by god is um Like you get on a roller coaster and the first thing everybody does, the same thing is you grab the bar and you kind of shake it to make sure that things locked. And and in a way, teenagers do this a lot. And I've worked with teenagers a lot uh, throughout the years and uh, they will test the boundaries. They will test you. They will test to make sure that you're really there and you're really committed and and the safety and the boundaries exist. And that's what's happening is the Israelites are testing God um, like a like a child would. Um, and so they they knew Moses knew God, but that was Moses's God, right? And that was Moses's father, uh, that God had been speaking and developing this relationship with Moses throughout this time, but it wasn't their God. It wasn't who they knew, you know? And so they wanted to test to see, uh, is God really worthy of our trust? So the questions that we can unmute now uh, when you want to or you can type this on the on the chat is is what do you think the first question is what do you think the, is the wilderness what did the wilderness feel like to the Israelites? What do you think it felt like? Anybody have a comment? The wilderness, what did the wilderness feel like to the Israelites? This is pain. Thank you, Lee. So they felt pain. That's right. This feels like pain. Not normal. Joe, uh, this is not the norm. Uh, This hurts. Yeah. Anyone else? All right. Uh you can still answer that question I'll, and I'll ask the next question. You know, what did they expect? What were they expecting from God uh in the wilderness? This new God of Moses. What were they expecting? Milk and honey. Yeah. The promised land uh seemed very far away, everything comfort. Thank you Lee. Thank you Joe. Yeah, they were expecting uh to fast forward instant gratification awesome thank you very good so like a child we want we want to put in a vending machine and say god provide now i put in the quarter i want my food um it's interesting that food and comfort um is instantaneous not hardship thank you stephen they didn't want to suffer they didn't see purpose in the suffering suffering without purpose is what egypt was there was no purpose but the daily comfort they had was the food right no pain no gain thank you expecting an easier life yes 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 they wanted to get through the wilderness and have an end and aren't we in that same position i know i am i i want this pandemic to be over with and i know it's not going to be over with any while and I i wish we could just make some immediate impact changes to our comfort and our norm uh, so I can identify with that in that place yeah and we want to fast forward as well so let's look at um let's look at this question right here let me share this this screen uh what is the wilderness so this is our next our next slide yeah thank you Stephen. predictability when you can predict what's happening you feel a sense of peace and control, and you don't have to trust. You don't have to trust anything because everything's on the clock. Yeah. You know? So, what is the wilderness? Uh, it is total disruption. You know, there's different types of levels of wilderness. You know, I think we've asked, like, if if, if wilderness goes a one to 10, 10 being the worst, how would you identify some of the wilderness seasons? Um, some people have. In this men's group have have gone through season nine, I mean, level nine and level 10 in some very, um, very much pain and suffering crisis moments. Uh, We look back and we can see that uh, in ourselves as well. But nothing is the same. The removal of routines, comforts, pleasures, sense of safety, order and control, daily provisions are not the same. Just like the Egyptians, it was disrupted. Uh, This is not the norm. Um, And then, you know, what it forces us to do is start to form a new relationship with God. So Yahweh is breathing on the Israelites and forming something new, blessing them. But it doesn't feel like a blessing at first. But it's this trust cycle. Do we trust God in these moments as we walk, as the Israelites walk? Do we depend on God? Do we learn not to worry? You know, as Jesus said uh, in Matthew six, God provides uh, clothes even to the flowers and food even to the birds in the field. And aren't we more precious than these to God? Do we trust? Do we trust as fathers that have to provide for other people, or in a in a in an older role to where we are in a position to not just take care of ourselves? Many of these people complaining were probably saying, "Hey, I." I can't trust someone else to provide to people. You know, I'm going to, it has to be me or, or at least somehow I have to have control over that. Right. But God provides. And then in a, a new perspective, right? So we learn to listen. It's not the loudest voice. God on social media right now, the loudest voice or on the TV, uh, it seems like the loudest voice is, is get who gets heard or the loudest group of voices. But that's not how God works. God speaks in the still. Small voice in the wilderness, you know. And so, what I what I've seen as so I've started saying, what is wilderness? The wilderness, when you start looking at it uh, from a ten thousand foot view, is God is beginning something new um, in a place that seems like it's the end. God is beginning something new where there's void of all life. God is creating new life. Um, and so we, we find what we're looking for in the wilderness. Um, and I think sometimes we find chaos uh, because that is our, our lens that we're looking at. We seek and we find a wilderness can be a peaceful place. But then also in the wilderness, you can see chaos. You can see risk. You can see uh, a lot of challenges. But then also you can see a, a, a beautiful uh, moments of peace. So is it a blessing, or is it a curse, right? So that's, that's, that's the question. Uh, and I want to show the video uh, right now that, we, uh, that I picked for today. This is a scene from um, the movie Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful is about, um, you know, the middle of a um, concentration camp in Germany. Uh and this father is with his child, and one of the things he's trying to do is protect his child's innocence. Um, and he does the best that he can to bless his child in the middle of, as you know, probably one of the worst moments uh in in, in their lives, or all the people that were in those concentration camps, uh what was that feeling like you talk about a wilderness level that was wilderness level 11 out of 10 right so let's let's watch this and uh there's a little bit of humor in this but it's also a f- look at the father and i want to ask you guys after this what you saw in this clip but let's watch this clip uh, from life is beautiful what
3: did he say he wants somebody who speaks the language he's going to explain the camp rules You speak German? No. <laughs> Alles fair, I say this nur einmal. The game starts now. If you're here, you're in, if not, you're out. You're not in this scenario transported. You have to score a 1000 points to win. If you do that, you take home a tank. to um, so arbeiten. Lucky dog. Jeder versucht der Sabotage wird mit den sofortigen Toten bestraft. Hinrichtungen finden auf dem Hof the Schüsse in den Each day we will be announcing who's in the lead from the loudspeaker there. The one with the least points has to wear a big sign each day that spells the word Chakas right on his back. You have the Ehre für unser großes deutsches Vaterland arbeiten zu dürfen und am Bau des Großdeutschen Reiches teilzunehmen. We get to play the part of the nasty guys who yell all the time. Anybody who's afraid loses points. Three Grundregel sollen ihr nie vergessen. First, Versuche nicht zufrieden. Zweitens, folge jedem Befehl ohne Fragen. Drittens, jeder Versuch eines Aufstandes wird mit dem Tod durch Erhängen bestraft. Ist das klar? There's three ways a person can lose his points. They would be as follows. One, turning into a big crybaby. Two, telling everyone you want to see your mama. Three, if you're hungry and want us to bring you something to eat, forget about it. It should be glücklich sein, hier arbeiten zu dürfen. Es wird niemandem etwas geschehen, die Vorschriften it's very easy to lose points here for being hungry. Just yesterday I was penalized 40 points because I was so hungry that I had to have a jam sandwich. Großenkalt ist alles. Apricot jam. No, noch etwas. He wants a strawberry. Bei diesem Pfiff.
1: Alles raus auf den Ofen, aber schnell.
3: And don't ever ask for any lollipops because you won't get any. We eat them all. I'm trapped in zwei other I ate 20 of them yesterday. Schweig! What a Tommy egg. Yen morgen? But they were good. Isabelle. You bet. So that wollte ich noch sagen. Dot hinten werdet ihr arbeiten. You werdet die Dimensionen des Lagers leicht begreifen. I'm sorry I have to leave, but I'm playing hide and seek and I have to go before I get caught. No, no, no! Don't ask me anything. I don't speak German. Ask Bartolomeo. Don't forget to tell me what he said too.
1: So, so there's a father, and there's a son, and you see the the humor a little bit that he's doing, but also it's there's no joking matter. Uh, what what did you guys see in that video clip? Uh, Y'all can type it in or or unmute or whatever you want to. But what did you guys see in that video? Anything? Jumped up. Courage. Thank you, Stephen. So the father was showing courage and bravery in the midst of that. uh, Right. Courage and bravery. Anything else? He took a risk. Yep. Confusion. Thank you, Lee. Uh, thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Confusion, risk, bravery, courage uh, in that moment. Uh, can you imagine what that was like? Humor in the light of the wilderness, right? Good. Yeah, boy, isn't that hard to do sometimes, right? To have a comic relief, uh, a little bit of a, a laugh at uh, the wilderness, you know, being in a, in a situation like that. Yeah, you know, um, as a father, I think, I think sometimes we, yes, love for his son. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Yes, he was, he was loving his son the best way he knew how, blessing his son the best way he knew how, and he, he was a little bit of a comedian, as you saw, Uh, he was a little bit of a a clown in a way for, for for kids, but in a good way to provide hope, you know, and so. Our body language, our, whether we embrace chaos or not, whether we bring chaos into a situation, whether we add to the chaos, or whether we bring peace into the situation, whether we're a peacemaker or a hope maker. When I see that clip, I look at the the boy is full of hope. All, that's all he has. Is His father is providing nothing but hope. That he will somehow survive this in a game, a game of hide and seek. And the God, the father's prayer is that somehow his son provides this. And don't ask for your mommy. <laughs> his mother was there as well uh, in the concentration camp in another area. Don't complain about food. How ironic that that is the sim- similar case with the Israelites and us, you know, maybe even sometimes. Uh, and, and find a way to to have hope in the middle of this wilderness, right? So let's look at the next slide. Um, What is a good father in the wilderness like that? What is that all about? This is our next page here. So like a good father, God fathers his children, just like he's fathering the Israelites, just like he's fathering us through this wilderness season right now. The first thing is he's present. You know, and it may be in a way that we're not used to, we're not familiar with. But in His Word, you know, you'll hear that that uh, that in His Word provides life. God's Word provides life and hope. Sometimes even humor, you know. But God's Word, more than bread, more than food, provides life in the wilderness, and the Holy Spirit in each one of us. God is faithful. He's not on vacation. He's not left us alone to die in the wilderness, in the desert. God is faithful. And God loves. He heals our wounds. He calls us to pure holy union with us. He is He is on the journey with us toward holiness. You know, we are not alone. We are not abandoned. Um, God listens. Man, what a great quality of a father. You know, sometimes all we have to do is just be present and listen. Uh, to other guys and their children, and um, that's a role of a father. You don't necessarily have to have children. You could be the role of a father as you just listen to other people, listen to your wife, listen to coworkers, listen to people. Uh, God listens to us in prayer. He listens every second of every day, every second of every day, every word, every feeling. Even when we can't put words to our feeling, it says in the Bible, God listened to those groans as well, right? God provides better than Pharaoh, better than the U.S. government, better than the state government. God provides. God will provide a way uh, of our basic needs, even after death. God provides a way to Jesus, to 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 heaven. God provides a way. God teaches. You know, like a, like a, we're always constantly teaching boundaries. Uh, we're experiencing boundaries. We're learning. God, teach me. You know, be humble enough to be taught. Uh, that is that is a part of the wilderness. Uh, being humble enough to be taught. God corrects us. Um, you know, you see you see this clearly in the in the Exodus uh, 15, 16. We just saw, in 17, he corrects. Israel almost like you would a child. No, don't touch the hot stove. That's that's going to hurt you. No, don't test me That is not how this relationship works You know, you don't get to make demands. You need to trust me and walk in faith. God leads Uh, He leads us on a path of holiness. So a father leads father corrects all these qualities of God they're learning Um, We need to be be like that in our lives in the wilderness. God provides life. Um boy, tell you what, uh that's that's a that's a big one. So the hope, like you saw in the video clip, um uh, that father was protecting the heart and soul of his son the best way he knew how, and providing life uh and hope and joy even. Um uh, in the midst of wilderness. And finally, this is, this is one of the big points of today is, uh, God gives peace. Jesus brings peace, not chaos. God brings order in the midst of chaos. God brings safety and God calms the sea. All right. So let's look at that. Um, uh, in the wilderness, I found it interesting as I was looking at, uh, you know, all these people we can identify in the wilderness. Of course, Jesus, uh, was in the wilderness uh and in the desert um when he was tempted and then on the on the cross uh he was tempted as well right uh i mean he was felt desolate and alone but i want to look at really quick um two scenarios before we wrap up one is when we see jesus in the desert being tempted who he quotes yes psalm 23 yes that's right. Thank you. Um, so this is, this is, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to move past this, but this is, this is where is there peace and chaos in the wilderness? This is basically Deuteronomy where it says, um, I set before you life and death or whatnot. I, Yeah. So anyway, let me, let me back up. Let me back up. I lost, I lost my train of thought here. So this is when God, when Jesus is being tempted in the desert, he quotes Deuteronomy. So let's back up and look at that. Jesus is in the desert, but he quotes Deuteronomy where we're at in the wilderness with Moses and, and the Israelites, uh, the devil tempts him. And, and and Jesus refers to how much Moses knew God and the rules and, 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 and what is allowed and what is not allowed, but it's very normal to try to be tempted within the desert. And so he, Jesus quotes this during the first temptation. There's three of them. So the first one, he says, remember every road that God led you on these 40 years in the wilderness, pushing us you to our limits, testing you, so that you'd be know that you what you would know you know what you're made of, whether or not you would keep His commandments or not. He put you through the hard times. He made you go hungry. Then he fed you with manna, something neither you or your parents knew about, so that you would learn that men and women don't live by bread only. This is what Jesus answers when God, when Satan says, "Turn this, aren't you hungry, Jesus, in the wilderness? You know you can make that. You know you can. I know you can. You can turn that that stone into bread and eat right now." And Jesus says, "We don't live only by bread. We live. Life comes from the word of God's mouth." Right. And the second temptation uh when when he says uh uh, actually the devil quotes psalm he says look at the top of this mountain you could throw yourself off and you know and i know we both know the angels will catch you from falling because psalm says devil quotes psalm he's ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go if you stumble they'll catch you their job is to keep you from falling right and then Jesus answers with this: Don't push God. Don't test God. To the way, to what? Don't test Him the way you did at Massa, the testing place. What we just read about. Do not do that. That is not what we do with God. And then finally, it tests test him again. Said you could have the entire world, all of this world, all of this kingdom of Rome. Not just Israel, but the entire Rome could be yours. You could be king. You could be Caesar. You could be king of all this. And Jesus answers, uh, deeply respect God, again, from Deuteronomy. Serve and worship him exclusively. Back back up promises with his name only, right? So that's that's Jesus' answer to being tempted in the desert. Um, And then we'll take the last couple minutes, and and we will look at uh, the the times where the disciples were in the boat. And, man, you talk about identifying with someone in the wilderness. I want to close with these two scenarios. It's just really, really profound. So, the disciples, the wilderness is the sea for them. The sea for 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 the Galileans and the people that fished was absolute chaos, especially during a storm. There were all kind of stories about what lived under the waters. Um, I mean, there was a lot of fear, a a lot of fear of the sea. Uh, it was it was pretty intense. So. That's what triggered these disciples, right? So they got in the boat and the disciples with them. The next thing they knew, they were in a severe storm. And if that boat goes down, they're all sinking and dying. They've heard stories of this happening to other men. When you get caught in the storm in the sea, that's it. But Jesus, in the midst of that, was asleep. Asleep. Wow. And they woke him up saying, Master, save us. We're going to drown. We're going to die. Jesus reprimanded them. Why are you such cowards, such faint of hearts? Then he stood up and told the winds and wind to be silent and the sea to quiet down. Silence. And the sea went from a wilderness to a peaceful place. Jesus is teaching them there, right? The men rubbed their eyes astonished. What's going on here? Wind and sea come to heal its command. Even the wind and the sea know God's name. but the But the connotation is there. We don't the Israelites in the wilderness, us in the wilderness, the the disciples in the boat, the wind and the waves know God's name and obey God and trust God and have peace in the wilderness. We're able to sleep in the boat, but we don't know God's name, right? And so the next time, uh, this is the next time, which is, is a different scenario, but Jesus had just inherited all of john's disciples john had just got killed a lot of people followed john uh they had followed him in the wilderness and he was he was a rat out of them in in his own way and after he died all these people came to him and they just fed them five thousand people from the little boy that had nothing fed them and so jesus needed a break he needed to go up the mountain and have his quiet time with god to be alone moses went up the mountain where is our mountaintop experience? Where is our time? Where is our place to find God and peace and comfort? But as soon as the meal was finished, the, the feeding of the 5,000, he Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side. He needed a break. He needed a retreat. He needed to be with God. Um, so while the crowd dispersed, Jesus climbed the mountain so he could be a, be by himself and pray and be fathered and loved and and have his quiet time with god Uh, he stayed there alone late late into the night meanwhile the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them and they were battered again by the way guess what they were thinking same thing but at the at about four o'clock in the morning the fourth watch of the night this was a long long night jesus came toward them they were trying to trust him i guess but it gets to that point where like hey I don't know what's going to happen. They're probably doing their best to trust God in their willingness experience. Jesus walks toward them on the water. And you guys know the story. They were scared, thinking he was a ghost. But Jesus, again, was trying to comfort them in the me- middle of the chaos. Don't look at the chaos. Don't look at the chaos. Look at me. Look at me. Keep your eye on me. Take courage. Don't be afraid. And Peter suddenly said, Master, if it's you, call me out and I'll walk on the water. And Jesus said, Come ahead. And, Jude, and Peter started walking on water. And when he looked down at the chaos, the fear, the death at his feet, the waves, what he had learned his whole life to be afraid of, he sank. And he cried out, Master, save me. And Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down to Satan and saved And he said, Faint of heart, what got into you? What happened there, Peter? And the disciples got into the boat, watching the whole thing, fell down to worship Jesus. This is it. You are the son of God. You have overcome one of our greatest fears, the fear of the sea, the fear of death. Um, You know, I think uh, there's a lot of lesson there. And that's what we'll end with in the middle of all our our chaos. um, Jesus is there. Where is Jesus? Jesus is there. He's to help us. Uh, you know if you know jesus you know the father um if you focus on jesus and you and you find jesus in the midst of the chaos that's life that's protection that's safety for me i mentioned my mountaintop i don't have a mountain to climb in mississippi and i don't know that i would if i did but uh i have a, a playlist uh, that i listen to because i need to hear the words of god the, the words of life and song is what works for me and i get in my car And I drive up along the trace uh, as the sun is setting, not every day, but a couple days a week. Uh, And to me, that's my quiet time to hear God in song, reminding me uh, and be able to spend time with God. And for me also to pour my heart out a little bit and to say, that's my time alone. I got to get away. Right. And so I think that's where we'll end today. I'll give you this last slide real quick. Um, This is in your notes. uh, But look at all these ways we can identify. There's story after story after story of people in the wilderness and identifying with that and seeing how God worked in their life and learning how to trust that. Um, I think in the wilderness, you can find chaos if you want it, you know. You can find peace. You can find Christ if you want it to. And when we are pressed and pressured, uh, we learn what we can depend on, uh, what gives life in the middle of this season that we're in, the pandemic, and, and, and our wilderness season we're in right now, and even beyond just the pandemic and our personal uh, struggles that we're going through in life, all the worries that we face. If, if I don't start my day, if I don't start my day in prayer, if I don't find ways to connect to God's words of life in the pray, all I see is chaos. I can promise you that in the middle of this season, all I see is chaos. All I see is suffering. All I see is no hope. All I see is I don't have something and all I have is something to worry about. And, uh, and that is, that is, uh, that is not how we're supposed to go through the wilderness. So, um, In the wilderness, I hope that we find peace. I hope that that we find ways of peace and moments to be with God in prayer. Through song, through journaling, through reading the Bible, something uh, that God is blessing us, even though it's hard to see that sometimes. That there is hope and there is history in the past that we can look to and say, I can trust God. Let's Mm -hmm. close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for being a good father. Thank you for being someone we can trust. Uh, Thank you for being, in times, the only thing we can trust. Um, You're mysterious to us. Um, Sometimes you're not, you don't seem to be present in this physical world that we live in. You don't seem to be present in our worries and our concerns, but you are there. Jesus has always been there. He will always be there with us. Uh, He prepares a place for us, um, all of us. Uh, Help us to see that you can provide even when we can't uh, in ways that we can't. Help us to see that you give us life, that your word gives us life, that we can find you, that we can find Jesus in the midst of wilderness. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Well, thank you, and I hope you all have a good week. Thanks, guys.